of you have ever seen this show? I think it's on, is it on HGTV? Okay, good. So this is going to be a familiar thing. I don't have to fully tell you the concept, but uh, excuse me, those of you who are familiar with the show, because I have to tell the premise of the show. It is home buyers or potential home buyers. They, uh, two, two twin brothers, take them first. They, they listen to what their dream home will look like, and they say, what exactly would your dream home look like? What would it feel like? Where will it be? You know, and, and what's, what's the price range that you want your dream home to come in at? And then after they have all this information, they take the potential home buyers to their dream home. And they show them all around. And you can kind of see the excitement on, on uh, the, the couple's face. You know, they're, they're getting excited. This is it. You found it. How did you do it so quickly? And it's like they don't know which show they're on because then the brothers say to them, no, this one comes in about a million dollars over your price range. Oh, you know, and the discouragement. Because although they want this dream home, they want everything just the way it is in this home, they don't want to pay the price for the house that they are standing in. Are you with me? So then the, the, the show continues. They take them to a few fixer-upper homes, a number of homes, and they say, you could purchase this one for significantly below your, your, your budget price, or you could purchase this one, you know, much the same way, or you could purchase this one. And then they, they, they do some computer-generated designs and they say this is what this home could look like for, for a set amount of money. This is what this house could look like for a set amount of money and, and on and on and on. And the, the show continues until they choose a house and they choose a plan and then they, they, they go through the process and then they eventually excuse me, move into their home. Now, I say this to tell you the premise, but here's what I'm driving at. Throughout this show, and this is where my, my mind goes today, throughout this show there are a number of choices that have to be made. Are you with me? A number of choices that have to be made. First, they have to decide if they are going to purchase a fixer-upper or if they are going to purchase a turnkey-ready home to move into. And if they then choose one of the, the fixer-uppers, they have to decide how much they will, how much they will, will give toward, toward their dream home. How much money, how much time, how much energy they will spend to get what they envision as their dream home. They have to choose all of those things. Then they have to choose which plan. In this fixer-upper, after they've chosen the home, then they have to they look at a number of planes and they say, this is how we want to fix it up. They have to choose which rooms they want to pour more money and more time into, which rooms they want to they choose which rooms they want to, to pour a little less money, a little less time in. Then they have to choose what materials they're going to use. They have to choose what builder they're going to use. And then they have to choose when, well, I say when, the unexpected happens. What will then take the, the, the back end? What will, will have to suffer so that they can pour a little bit more time and a little bit more money into this unexpected disaster? There's a number of choices that have to be made throughout this entire show. And with each choice, now listen to this, with each choice, their future home is affected. It's the same way for us. Every day, we face a number of choices. 
And just as we talked last week about our our home plan being the the plan for our lives and the, the future dream for our lives that will last prayerfully into eternity, every choice that we make affects our house plan and the future in which we will exist. We talk about property, brothers. Today I want to talk to you about Joshua. Joshua was, I want to call Joshua a property brother. Are you with me? Now here's why I say this. Joshua was a property brother along with Moses. Joshua followed Moses, but he was one that that was leading the Israelites through a number of choices as they approached their dream home, the promised land that God had laid out for them. So if you would, turn with me to Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24 this morning. And God, we want to pray that you would guide and direct us as we read from this passage today, Lord. Not just, Lord, give us insight into the life of Joshua and, uh, Lord, where he was leading the Israelites, but God, we pray that you would lead us, Lord. We have a number of choices before us. You know what those choices are better than we do. God, you know what the repercussions of those choices are. And so, God, we pray that you would speak to us this morning and reveal your choice for our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Joshua chapter 24. And I want to begin by looking at verse 14. This is what it says. Now fear the Lord. Joshua is speaking these words. Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Now Joshua, under his his leadership, he was the the successor of, of Moses. I mentioned that just a minute ago. The people of Israel, under Joshua's leadership, they have invaded and they are now inhabiting the land of, of Canaan. He gathers the, the tribes of, of Israel together. This this large Audience, large congregation, as he begins to speak to them. In the first part of, of chapter 24 here, Joshua has, has given the people of Israel the word from God. And he reminds the, the Israelites that God has provided for his people. He reminds them of, of God's provisions over them. He reminds them that, that God calls them. God calls them, rather, to remember his leadership in the specific events of Israel's history. Joshua then, in the the start of chapter 24, he's calling Israel not just to remember the details of their history, but more than that, more importantly, he's calling them to remember the Holy One, God Almighty, the Sovereign Lord, who has been guiding and shaping their history up until this moment. He's reminding them to, to look back and say, look at where God has led, what God has led us through. Look how God has provided for us in the future. Now, look ahead. Because God's not done. He's got more in store for us. Verse 15, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Listen to those words again. If serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, 
Then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Can you feel the, the, the compelling words that, that, that Joshua is laying out for them? Choose this day whom you will serve. You can almost hear, at least I can, almost hear the tone in Joshua's voice. The conviction that is there. It's important to Joshua, yes? It's vital. This is, this is urgent. A choice has to be made. And on this choice depends their future. And I want to tell you this as well. The same choice that Joshua is laying out for the Israelites on this choice determines your future as well. But if serving the Lord, verse 15, seems undesirable to you, he tells the Israelites, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are now living. But as for me, listen to these words, I love this, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Amen. You see, this choice determines what they will live for. This choice determines who or what they will worship. And the same is true for you and for me. With this choice that will be made determines our focus, the focus of our worship and the focus of our eternity. We have a choice whether to worship or not to worship, don't we? We have a choice of what we will worship and also what we will not Worship. See, the call of God is not a, a forced call of obedience. It's like when we, when we come in here together to, uh, to sing as an act of worship, and we say, please stand with us. Right, you have a choice, don't you, to stand or not to stand. If you choose to sit, that does not mean that you're not worshiping, does it? No. If God came in here and He said, in order for you to worship, you have to be standing, you still have a choice that can be made, don't you? Right? You get to choose whether you will take that next step, standing or sitting. Maybe that's a bad example. Every day, you have a choice that is before you. We, I mentioned last week the way we spend our time is an example of what we will worship. The way we spend our money is an example and shows evidence of what or who we worship. The way we spend our days should illustrate to us our worship. <laughs> this choice this choice, this choice. I said God's uh, call to obedience, His call uh, to serve is not a forced call of obedience. Have you ever tried to force someone to love you? Have you? Don't, don't admit it. Don't raise your hand, right? It's horrible. Have you ever tried to force, maybe this, is a, maybe this one will hit a little bit closer to home. Have you ever tried to force someone to respect you? doesn't work, does it? And if in the end you get them to say, yes, I love you, or you get to them to say, yes, I respect you, beneath the surface you know, no, these are, these are just words. They don't really respect me. Right? And see, God does not try to force us to love Him. 
He does not try to force us to respect Him. Instead, He invites us into His presence. He invites us into relationship. He invites us to get to know Him. And then He gives us the choice, will you worship or will you worship something else? But Joshua's words, see, they seem to imply that people will worship. People will serve something or someone. And Joshua calls them to serve the God. Now, serve God, serve the Lord. However, the Israelites may worship the gods in the land into which they have come or the gods of their forefathers. But Joshua suggests to us and to the Israelites, he suggests that everybody worships something or someone. See, this choice is a choice that each one of them have to make for themselves. And it's a choice that you have to make for yourself. It's a bold decision, a declaration that is required. I saw something this last week and it said, A half-hearted choice will not suffice. A half-hearted choice will not stand. Can you imagine if you, you go into marriage as a half-hearted decision? You stand up there with the pastor on your wedding day and he says, will you take this man? Well, I'll take some of him, right? In better, for better or for worse, in richer or poor. Well, I'll take the better or worse. I'll take the richer. I don't want the poorer. If he gets poor, I'm out. Right? And we laugh, but that's the way we accept God. That's the way so many of us, we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's the way so many of us progress in our relationship with Jesus Christ. They say, well, God, as long as you're meeting my every need, I'm good. As long as I feel that you are present at the moment that I need you in just the way that I need you, and that you are giving me everything that I need, I'm good. But God, if I, if I, if I feel like you're distant at any moment, I'm going to turn my back. I'm going to walk away. That's a dangerous concept, isn't it? And we never do that in marriage. At least I pray we would never do that in our marriage, right? That's another sermon for another day. But you see, a bold declaration must be made by each and every one of us. So we are challenged. The Israelites were challenged to choose God. We are challenged to choose Jesus Christ. To serve and to worship Him and Him alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Love God with everything that you have. See, that's the decision. That's the choice that is laid out before us. And what we choose will shape us. Who we choose to worship, who we choose to serve, it shapes our lives. Because it's what we think about. It's everything that we do. What we worship becomes the, the center of our lives. Last week, we talked about our house plan and laying out that, that house plan. What's the central focus in which everything else in your house is built around? What will connect every other room of your house? See, if we make that Jesus, then we are saying He is the one that we worship. He is the one that we will give our time to. He is the one that we will give our attention to. What we worship reveals the, the foundation of our lives. What everything else is, is built upon. 
So Joshua's challenge assumes that there needs to be an urgent response. Notice that Joshua does not say to the Israelites, choose for yourselves who you will serve, go home, think about it, come back in a few days, write it down on a piece of paper, and submit it in this little box. No, he says, choose for yourselves this day, right now, the choice is before you. Will you choose God or will you choose the false gods that are among you? He says, choose right away. So Joshua calls the Israelites to choose. Verse 16, we read their response. Then the people answered. This is the large congregation of Israelites. Here, here, here it is. Far be it from us, for us to forsake the, the Lord, to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our fathers out up out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us in our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. See, so they're, they're looking back and they're saying, God has provided, He has protected us. God has done so much for us. Why would we not choose Him? We too, then, the end of 18, we too will serve the Lord because He is our God. Notice this, Joshua went first. Joshua jumped right in. He said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What about you? We too will serve the Lord, the Israelites responded, because He is our God. But then... This is kind of a moment of, of confusion. Then Joshua steps back and he, he, he fires back at him. He pushes back at him. He says to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. You are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and you serve these foreign gods, He will turn and He will bring disaster on you and make an end of you after He has been good to you all of these years. It's like Joshua says to the people, Hey, folks, you want to come serve God? This is a choice that's laid out before you. You're going to choose God or you're going to choose some false god. As for me and my house, we're going to serve God. And they said, no, 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 we remember God. We remember He's provided and He's protected us. We will serve God. And then, God, and then Joshua says, no, you're not good enough. You're a bunch of sinners. You're a bunch of failures. You're going to do it again and again and again. And when you do it again, God is not going to forgive you. He's not going to accept your rebellion because God is a jealous God. And when you say yes, Joshua says you have to be all in. So don't come to me, Joshua says, with this half-hearted, yes, we want to accept God. We want to follow Him too. Because if you're half-hearted, Joshua says you're going to fail again and again and again. So then, let me put that in a kinder way. For those who think I'm too harsh. Or, for those of you who, as I say these words, you say, yeah, I'm going to fail. I'm going to fall flat on my face. Let me put this in a kinder way. So just back up, forget the last two minutes. Here we go. Joshua says to the people, you have a choice to make. Will you serve God or will you serve the false gods? Will you serve the one true, almighty, living, sovereign Lord? Or will you serve some God that is made out of material? A God that will fail you. As for me and my house, Joshua says, we will serve 
the Lord. What about you? And they say, yeah, we'll serve God too. Here's the kinder, gentler. Are you sure? Okay. Now we're good. But the people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. We are witnesses, they reply. No, we will serve the Lord. See, sometimes I've read this passage and I thought, well, where's the no come from? Because it's not just a no comma, it's not a no period, it's a no with an exclamation point. No, we will serve the Lord. Now let me tell you this. When you say yes to Jesus, when you say yes wholeheartedly, you have to say no to many, many other things in your life. You have to turn your back on many, many other gods in your life. Now, maybe we wouldn't acknowledge or admit that we have many other gods in our life. I told my kids a couple weeks ago, are any of them in here? No, good. I told my kids a couple weeks ago, I said, we've got to get rid of some of the other gods that compete in your life. And they said, oh, this was just shocking to our oldest. And she said, Dad, what are you talking about? I talked about technology. That's, that's painful, isn't it? take away my technology. I talked about technology. I talked about TV. I talked about the way they spend their time and the way they spend their money, the desires that they have. And See, I could direct that same conversation to each and every one of us, couldn't I? They'd say, no, the way we, we spend... We have so many other gods, myself included. And it's so important that, that we take that step back often and we remember the choice that is before us every moment of every day and say, what are we going to say no to in order to say yes wholeheartedly to Jesus Christ? And like the Israelites, my prayer for myself, my prayer for my family, my prayer for you as my church is to say, no, we will serve the Lord. You are witnesses against yourself, verse 22. You have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses. Then he instructs them. Okay, you're, you're wholeheartedly in. You said yes. Sold out for Jesus. Then here it is. Verse 23. Throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. Now, wait a minute, Joshua. I was with you until you, you said I have to throw these other things out. Can't I just put it in a drawer somewhere? Right? Can't I just, you know, can't I just move it to a different account? Can't I just, you know, one time a week just go out to the, uh, the gas off and just gorge on food? Just one time a week? She's laughing because that's what I did this week. It's good. And I felt horrible, didn't I? We don't talk about those, those painful things, do we, though? Those, those things that really, like, like affect us. But, God, but Joshua instructs the Israelites, he says, throw it away. Get rid of these foreign gods. They, they no longer have a place in your life. 
So what I would say to you is this, and it's, it's in your bulletin. Last week we talked about the, the first phase of our building plan as we lay out that plan. The final step was to sign it, to make it permanent, to, to make some commitment to that plan and saying, Jesus, this is where you're going to be in my life. So here's phase two. Choose your builder. Choose your builder. Choose who you will worship. Choose who it is you will serve. That's the first step in our second phase of our building plan is to choose our builder. Who is it that I'm going to worship? Who is it that I'm going to serve? Second, notify the rest. Joshua would say, throw them out. Don't just put them in a corner of your home and say, you know what, I'm going to go back there. I'm only going to visit them once a week. No, if you realize that you have a God in your life, even if it is your phone, that's me, Joshua says, throw it out until you recognize there's no longer a God in your life. Right? And that's painful, isn't it? I, mean, I cringe when I, when, I, when I think about what am I going to do without my phone, right? I'm so important. Everybody needs me. How, how dare we say that? I'm more important than God. Because that's what we're saying, right? I'm, I'm, I'm too important, or this is too important to me to give up in order to, to spend more time and more energy committed to the Lord my God. Yes, God, I'm going to choose you, but only half-hearted. That's what we're saying. Joshua says, choose your builder. And then notify the rest. Let everybody else know. Let all these other gods, small g, in your life know I am not serving you anymore because I have found my almighty God. I have found the one that I am going to commit my life, my time, my money, everything that I have to. That is my God. That's who I'm going to worship. That's who I'm going to serve. So choose your builder, notify the rest, and then finally commit fully. Surrender your heart to the Lord. Joshua said here in, in the NIV, it says, Yield your hearts to the Lord. Give everything over to the Lord. Surrender your heart to the Lord. Commit fully to Him. Joshua was a, a forceful military leader. Succeeding in, battling, in, in battle, conquering military powers in God's name. Yet as forceful as he was, Joshua knew. He knew that he could not choose for everyone. Verse 24, the people said to Joshua, We will serve the Lord our God, and we will obey Him. See, it was an individual choice. Each one of them had to make. Each one of them had to step forward and say, I commit to the Lord. See, the same choice is ours this morning. The same choice is, is yours this morning. I cannot choose for you. Your husband cannot choose for you. Your wife cannot choose for you. This is an individual choice that you have to make for yourself. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Choose for yourselves this day who your house will stand for. Throw away the gods that do not belong in your life anymore. Throw away the gods of this world and of this culture. Surrender your heart to the Lord. Yield everything over to Him. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve and who you will stand for, who you will worship, who you will serve. See, as for me... 
I will serve the Lord. As for my household, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my wife, we've determined we will serve the Lord. As for me and my children, we have determined we will serve the Lord. Amen? As for me and my church, we will serve the Lord. As long as I'm here, we will serve the Lord. Now, I say that, but of course I just said I cannot choose for you. You have to choose for yourself. And it's so very simple. Jesus lays it out there. He lays it out there. He says, this is salvation. Come, experience a relationship with me. It's so very simple. So, Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for Joshua. I thank you for his words, Lord, to the Israelites. I thank you, God, for the choice that each one of them made on that day, Lord, as they stood before you as witnesses upon themselves, God, they stood and they said, no, we will serve the Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would work. Work in this place. Work in this place right now, God. Work in the hearts, Lord, that you've already begun a, a, a good work in Jesus. Continue, Lord, to soften. Continue, Lord, to, to speak into our minds, Jesus. Lay that choice out before us, Lord, not only today, but God, in the days to come, Lord, as you reveal to us, Lord, God's in our lives, things, Lord, that we are worshiping, things that we are serving above you, Jesus, reveal them. Give us the power, Holy Spirit, to throw these foreign gods away, to get them completely out of our life as we are sold out to you, Jesus. And we will thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.